Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have Sivan Hong, and Sivan is a neurodivergent author and mom. Sivan is an author and illustrator of the Super Fun Day book series, which focuses on social stories and neurodivergent children. And I'm so excited to have you with me today, Sivan. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. It's a oh, pleasure. It- And my pleasure too. We're both excited. (laughs) We are both excited. (laughs) So I want to just jump in and ask you, Sivan, why do you advocate for neurodivergent children and individuals? So being neurodivergent myself and and not being diagnosed until I was 47, I remember some of the struggles that I had when I was a younger person and not really understanding where they came from and and some of the ways that impacted my self-esteem. And then when both of my children um, got their diagnoses, I realized that I had to change that experience for them. And it wasn't good enough just to change it for them. It, it has to be for all of us. Um, and so... Things have changed a lot since the 70s when I was a kid, but mm. but they haven't changed enough. And so being able to put my voice out there and 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 put a positive spin to feeling neurodivergent to me is really important. Right. Mm. I don't want my kids to wake up and wish that they weren't who they are. And look, mm. that would be the case if they were too tall or too short or whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. being different is hard, particularly Mm -hmm. when you're a kid. Um, And so by really advocating about the benefits of neurodiversity, despite the challenges that come along with that, I want to raise a generation of kids who are proud of who they are. Ooh, I really love that. Thank you for sharing. That's, That's actually really motivating and inspiring to me because like you were saying, I have three neurodivergent children and I want them to feel comfortable in their own skin too. That's really important to me. I want them to like who they are. And that includes the things that we struggle with. It's all just a part of who we are and and it's okay. Everyone struggles. Although I do know, I don't mean to downplay some of the very real struggles that neurodivergent individuals have because they're there and they're very challenging at times. And for some, they're very challenging at all times. And I think we just need to take a look at those positive strengths that our children come with and lean in. Lean into those. Yep. Because as parents, if we are not leaning into those strengths, if we are not finding those nuggets of brilliance within our children, Mm -hmm. we can't expect the rest of the world to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's on us to find, that's on us to highlight, that's on us to make them feel Mm -hmm. so that other people will start to see it too. Mm, I love that. So what does advocating look like for you? Um, So I, I didn't start off thinking that I was going to advocate for, for neurodivergent individuals. And Mm -hmm. um, the way it started for me was I remember um, when my youngest son um, was diagnosed as being an autistic kid and he was really young because I knew that there was something different about him. I think Mm -hmm. we started to try to get him diagnosed when he was 18 months old. 
Um, and he was my first, so I didn't have anybody to compare him to, mm -hmm. but I just knew as a mom that there was something different about the way he engaged. Mm -hmm. And I went to, to, to therapist after therapist, after therapist, and people were kept kind of blowing me off and mm -hmm. saying, no, he's too young. Wait and see, you know, oh, he's just really smart. And like all these things that, that, it sounded really nice. And at one hand, as a parent, you want to hear mm -hmm. that. But on the other hand, you're like, no, that's not right. Yes. Right. Like my child will not engage with other kids at a playground. My child doesn't play with toys the way other kids play with toys. Like there is something wrong. And so I kept pushing and pushing and pushing until finally I found somebody when he was two who actually did give us the right diagnosis and was able to then tap into health insurance to pay for an onslaught of services mm. and was fortunate enough to then deliberately move to a town that had a great preschool program for sped kids. Mm. And there was talk of cutting funding for that program. And I couldn't believe it because the, the two years that my son was in this program were game changing for him. Like he actually made a friend. Right. Wow. And, and like, mm -hmm. you're like, wow, like I wasn't sure that was ever going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I got up in front of the board of education and I talked about what this program did for my son. And I had no idea, but it was being recorded for the local television. Wow. And my talk ended up kind of I wouldn't say going viral because it's local, but mm -hmm. went all over the place. Um, and at that point, I realized that it wasn't just about me because I kept hearing from other parents about their experiences and that mm -hmm. it had to be something bigger than that. Um, since then, we moved to another town that had a special education PTA, and I ended up chairing that PTA and really seeing the power of the combined force of parents' voices, right? If it's just one and you're talking about your child, then it's just one. It's one data point. It's, you know, mm -hmm. that one experience. But when parents can come together and talk as a group and advocate for their children, plural, mm -hmm then yes. there's real power. And then since then, I, again, I became an author, not thinking that that was the path I was going to take, but that's my other way of finding a voice and being able to share my experiences and what I hope the world should be for these kids. I sure love that. So would you say that's what inspired you to write the super fun day book series? Well, so I had written all these social stories for my kids, right? As we know, you know, like mm -hmm. going to the dentist for the first time for a child with sensory challenges is nearly impossible. Yes. Um, and haircuts. I cannot tell you how many poor hairdressers, you know, cut my kid on the face because they mm -hmm. wouldn't sit still. And so it, those challenges that my kids were facing, I would create these social stories and, and, um, and it dawned on me one day that I have the time and the resources to create them, but not every parent does. Wouldn't it be great if I shared these experiences? Mm -hmm. And so I started, um, the first book I wrote was about um, my son's experience with the, the Halloween parade in kindergarten. And as a parent, you think the Halloween parade is one of the funnest days of the whole year. They get to dress up. It's a big party. They walk, march around, they get snacks and he wouldn't get out of the car in his mm -hmm. costume. 
And we sat there in the parking lot for what felt like forever. And I couldn't get him out of the car. And finally I'm said, okay, you don't have to go to the Halloween parade. And suddenly he was fine. And I couldn't understand what I had done as a mother. Like what failing did I do that my kid doesn't like Halloween? We are so um, good at guilting ourselves. Right. We're amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, what did I do? Right. <laughs> yes. And, and I ended up working with his team of teachers and and with him, and we figured out what all of the different levers and drivers were that caused the fear, that caused the child who was so panicked that he wouldn't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. And we put in, using the social story, a bunch of tools in place to help him the following year. And the following year, he was able to get out of the car and he did go to the Halloween parade and he did love it. Um, And since then is a big fan of Halloween. And I said, I can't possibly be the only parent in the world whose child is scared of Halloween. Right. Mm -hmm. And so let me share that story. And so my first book, it's structured like a social story. And that that's the story that started it all. And then I got such great feedback from that book. And and so many parents said their kids would look at that book and be like, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, the child wears headphones in class and things like that, right? Like mm-hmm. they could identify with the character that I said, you know what, let me start turning a lot of these social stories into children's books so that I could share these experiences and these learnings with other kids and other families. Mm. I just, I mentioned this to Savan before we actually started recording this, but I have a handful of her books from this series. And I was reading the, like the beginning of school. You have one that's a back to school one. (laughs) And we were reading that together with my youngest child. And it's just really meaningful because she's got something. And you said this earlier, but I just want to throw my throw my name in the hat, second, third, fourth, the however many parents have come to you and just say, it it was amazing for my child to look in a book and say, I connect with that. That's how I feel. And this is how this child in this book worked through what those feelings are. This is what it looks like or can look like. And maybe I can do it too. And Halloween last year for us was so, so challenging. And, you know, my daughter doesn't wear headphones, but she does the sensory, the costume, the way it feels and the kind of the chaos that a Halloween parade can be. I mean, we had to come up with a costume that had no seams, no tags, no, she wore it over her clothing. It was very simple, but I wanted her to feel a part of the, of what was happening within her classroom and with her peers. I still wanted her to feel a part of it. And so later I got those books after Halloween and she read that and she made that connection herself. She made the connection herself of how she had struggled with Halloween too, just like this child. And I honestly, I I had to post about your books on my Instagram because after she said that that night, I'm like, this is amazing. And it does make a difference. And even if it's one child at a time, it, it adds up. So parents that are listening, 
you really should go check out her super fun day books series. And, and I say that genuinely, not just as someone trying to promote a book series, but as a parent with a very genuine recommendation for these books, because they really are so helpful to our children and they're finding connection, self connection as they're reading these social stories. So thank you for writing these and turning oh, them into thank you, Michelle. Yes. I really am so grateful that you've turned these social stories into such a meaningful resource for well, our children. It's, it's important for kids to feel normalized, right? That their experiences are not the experiences of them as the individual. Mm -hmm. um, and when they see themselves in a picture book and they see that the character has that experience, mm -hmm. it's no longer, it's just me. Suddenly other people are feeling what I'm feeling because mm -hmm. the character in the book is like me, right? Mm -hmm. It normalizes what they know and it makes it okay, right? Mm -hmm. It makes it okay to feel different. It makes it okay to need a fidget. It makes it okay to maybe need a break. Or in your case, to wear a Halloween costume. We used to just do the the um, the Halloween pajama costumes because mm -hmm. they're soft and they don't have the seams. Yes. Right? Like that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. And when they see it in a book, it somehow makes it much more okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And when other kids who who are neurotypical read these books and see the experience, then it's no longer why is the kid in my class wearing headphones? Right. Mm -hmm. Then it's, oh, of course, that's normal. Like he yes. wears headphones and and, you know, and and I do this and, and we're all different. And, and that's OK. Right. Mm -hmm. Like books have that power. They do have that power. And it's a power that they bring with them into your own home. Mm -hmm. And and I love that. I love that we have those resources. And actually, um, I was I was going to buy your book series for our school so that they're just available at our school uh -huh. and just donate them to the school because I think it's a really good, like you were saying before, it's a really good resource for neurotypical children to see also. It makes things, these things more understandable. It helps kids to relate and connect to individuals that they might not have been able to relate and connect with previously. Right. So much of bullying stems from on this lack of understanding. Yes. Right. And if they understand, then it doesn't seem so weird and different. And then it's that then kids tend to, you know, be much more accepting. Mm -hmm. I do have on my website for any parent or teacher a teacher's guide or a parent's guide to these stories and they're free to download for anybody. So if you do end up sending them to the school, mm -hmm. the teachers have their lessons plans um, already set and available. And they were written by a school psychologist and tested in classrooms with kids. So they definitely work. Savannah, I did not know that. Tell me, tell me your website so that we can. Sure. I am the listening. only, I'm the only Savannah Hong in the world, which makes it really easy. <laughs> and so my website is savanhong.com and, um, and they're all, they're free. You don't have to pay a cent for them and they're available for anybody who wants. Because for me, you know, this is a passion project. This is mm -hmm. how I can help others. And so I want to try to make things as accessible for people as possible. Thank you for sharing that resource. I am going to look at that myself. And when I donate the books, I'm going to share that information too. So they have somewhere they know they can go. 
Um, I want to ask you one more question, and that is, what would you like parents to know, or what would you share with parents who are really struggling raising their neurodivergent child or children? Look, as someone who's neurodivergent myself and the parent of two neurodivergent children, it's not an easy road, right? Like Mm -hmm. we see every day the challenges that we as, as parents face and the challenges that our children face, but it, it's not the end of the world, right? Like, you know, I think about it and I say, if I can keep focusing on the positive, if I can make my children proud of who they are, Mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe they're not going to be on the football team or whatever, but like, that's not the end of the world. They are who they are and they will bring the gifts that they bring. And we Mm -hmm. as parents, um, shouldn't beat ourselves up about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, as you said earlier, we are our toughest critics. We are. But we are not alone. And the thing that has helped me the most in this process is reaching out to other parents when they're divergent kids and understanding the path that they have walked because they have been in our shoes, right? And they have survived for the next day. Mm-hmm. And we are a, a community of parents who care and I've never seen a neurodivergent a parent of a neurodivergent child say, no, I'm not going to talk to you or I'm not going to help out or I'm not going to share my experience. So to me, that's another huge positive we have, right? We have this mm-hmm. thing that brings us all together and we can help each other. I love that. I love the message and the reminder that we really aren't alone and we're part of a community, a bigger community. Even if we're spread out around the country or around the world, we still are part of a community. We don't live near each other and here we are connecting. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And, 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 and sharing what we know and, you know, Mm -hmm. look, my kids wake up and there are days where they wish they didn't have what they have. Mm-hmm. And then there are days where they say they don't want to tell anybody about it because they don't want to brag because they're so proud of who they are. Oh, right. I and every that. and every kid is going to have those moments. Right. Regardless of their diagnosis. And mm-hmm. so as parents, we just need to hold on to those days where they're proud of who they are and try to make them happen as often as possible. I love that. Thank you for bringing a little peace to my mama heart. (laughs) We get there. We'll get there. (laughs) I know we will day by day. So Savan, I want to ask you, I guess I said I had one more question, but I really, I really want you to share how people can find you. Where can they find you if they're looking to learn more and from, from you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, like I said, I am the only Savan Hong. So, um, my Instagram is at Savan underscore Hong underscore author. And then um, I'm also on Facebook at Savan Hong author. And they can just send me an email or uh, or a private message or whatever. I respond to everybody who writes me because, like I said, like we're a community and we have to be there for each other. So. I love it. And for listeners, when I post this, I'll, I'll, when I drop this podcast, I will also share Savan's Instagram in my own Instagram as well. So you can have a, 
a connection point there too. So Savan, I just want to thank you so much for your time, for your words of wisdom, for just your generous heart. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. And you know, we're here to show all of those mamas out there that we can do it. Yes, we are. Thanks again. Mm -hmm. And thank you, those of you that are listening. You can also find me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for being here.